Welcome to the Wedding Jigsaw Podcast, where you can get to know the personalities of Ireland's wedding suppliers. Welcome everybody to this version of the Wedding Jigsaw Podcast. When I first came up with the idea of introducing people to the personalities of the wedding industry suppliers, I had one man in my focus, this man, I really wanted to get him on the podcast as a guest. And the reason for that is very simple. Whenever I turn up to work at a wedding, be it with the casino or the hypnotic show, whenever I see this man and he's really easy to spot, I know that everything is going to run smoothly. There's going to be a serenity about the event and it's going to be an absolute pleasure to be there. And so it is my great pleasure today to welcome you to professional Toastmaster, Derek Ewing. Derek, you're very, very welcome. Thank you, Donal. I'm just delighted to be here uh, in these present times. It's great to actually speak to somebody else other than my good wife. <laughs> well, I hope your wife's not listening. <laughs> I'm thinking this is a day out. And uh, it's very kind words you said there, particularly about the serenity, because normally when I'm doing a wedding, the only person that's not serene is me. And I like to think of myself as like the duck's feet. Sailing about like a swan, but my feet's going mad. That's me. <laughs> well, I can vouch for that, Derek, because I have on numerous occasions been there and you have been the voice of calm. And I know there have been things, we'll get to that later on, but I know there have been things going on in the background and most of the people were completely unaware of them. But Derek, I would say the majority of the people uh, listening or watching this today probably don't know what a professional Toastmaster is. So please tell us what a professional Toastmaster is. Well, a professional Toastmaster is a gentleman or a lady for that matter who actually uh, runs events. Uh, they're there to sort of organize, make sure that everybody knows what's going on, introduce people who may be speaking, introduce other aspects of a day. And we do it in three things. You can do corporate dinners, civic functions, and my particular favorite is weddings. And weddings are a thing that have sort of evolved over the years. A Toastmaster would rarely have been involved in a wedding during his origins. It was there, particularly way back in uh, times whenever the elite in London were holding society balls and society events. That's how the Toastmaster basically came into his own. So a gentleman or a lady who organizes a function, makes sure it is run the way that the organizer wants it to be and hopefully run it on time. That's the other big important one. But now, Derek, that's different from a wedding planner, isn't it? Well, most certainly. A wedding planner is a person who sets up and organizes florists and people like the casinos and entertainment in between meals and that, and organizes the day from start to finish, including dresses and photographers and all that. I, as a Toastmaster, arrive on the day, having spoken to the bride, and it's normally the bride who is the important person. And the bridegroom has to learn that fairly early on. There's a, a packing order at weddings and the three people that must be kept happy at a wedding is the bride herself, the most important person there, the mother of the bride and the mother of the bridegroom. So I arrive on the day having spoken to the bride or other interested parties, meaning the two mothers. And then 
I run the day as they wish it to be run. And I'm there to make sure the guests and there before the first guest arrives, make sure that they're uh, welcomed there on behalf of the host, who in many cases, in most cases, the father of the bride, make sure they're treated uh, with uh, great respect and that they're made to feel very much part of the, the wedding day. And then I run the event from the first guest arrives right through all the proceedings until the bride and bridegroom retire from the dinner in the evening. So when you say retire from the dinner, that, that's before the first dance or after the first yes. dance? Before Sometimes the... we stay to the first dance, it all depends. And again, all this would be discussed with the bride. Uh, I can give her advice on what way a traditional wedding uh, would go. Most brides have never been married before, so they're, they're sort of going a bit blind as far as that's concerned. And there is a certain etiquette or tradition that runs with the wedding. A lot of the tradition has been lost over the years, but still some of it remains. And then the, the things that are liable to turn up that the bride may not have expected, I'll advise her all on that beforehand. And then we decide on a plan for the day, and then it's me who instigates the plan and makes sure the day runs so that the bride and all her families and the bridegroom and the guests can have a very relaxed, enjoyable day. That definitely sums up what I have seen, Derek. Derek, you've been doing this for what, about 16 years now? 15 or 16 years. As they say, time flies when you're enjoying yourself. I've actually forgotten when I started. And I remember the very first wedding I started out on. I looked at a video the other day and it sort of horrified me. First of all, I didn't recognize myself. I was that young and I hadn't started worrying as much at that stage. But um, from the very first wedding, and it's like everything else, you learn on the job. And whilst uh, it was a good job we done on the first wedding, it has improved over the years. And the best thing about a wedding is that I enjoy every single one of them. And the person there having the most crack is me. Well, that's that's powerful to say that. So I was going to ask you originally where you fit, but you've really explained exactly what you do in a wedding. That, that is very comprehensive and it's excellent. Um, you seem to have great relationships, as I've seen with many of the tutor managers and the venues and the hotels and so on. Uh, when do you first contact them? Well, over the years, I've got to know most of them now. Uh, and we have done a lot of the venues throughout Ireland. And uh, a lot of them know me. And we actually know how each other works and what our responsibilities are. But if it's a new venue, and over the years as I have come to new venues, the first person I contact, I never contact them until I arrive on at the venue. They will have probably been informed that I'm coming. Some of them know of Toastmasters, others may not have had the pleasure to work with a Toastmaster before. So the first person I always speak to upon arriving at the venue is the function manager. They always remain in charge and I defer to them. But most of them are very happy to see me there because it means they are now in a position to look after what they consider to be very important other than looking after the bride and bridegroom, just getting the food out on time and showing the venue in a good uh, light as far as the function that they can put on. And he or she can make sure that they run it uh, as they would like it to be run and not have the uh, added pressures of looking after the bride and the bridegroom and the guests. I take that responsibility from them. Well, that definitely makes their life a whole lot easier. I'm sure they're more than happy to see you coming. The biggest majority of them are. And uh, 
they always breathe a sigh of relief and they're delighted to hear when I'm coming. Well, maybe not me, but the fact that a Toastmaster is coming, they're delighted because, uh, as you said, one of the biggest things is timing to ensure that everybody knows what's happening, including the guests. And that would be the first thing I would say to a guest as they enter a venue, is tell them what they can expect at what stage during the day. So, and where to go. A lot of guests will turn up at a wedding and are a wee bit like Brown's cows because they don't know what's happening where their next bike's going to come from, what time they're going to be fed at, what's happening in between. So that, and even such a simple things as to where the facilities might be or where they have to hang their coat up. So I do, I'm there, make sure that from the very start, they're given a very warm welcome. And as I said, we always endeavour to have plenty of crack with everybody during the day. <clears throat> Not frivolously, but just having a good time and making the best of it. Keeping them informed making sure that everybody is where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. And do it in a such a manner that they don't know they've been told. <laughs> Move them about gently. That's a talent. That definitely is a talent. I think it might be a good time to make the point, Derek, that the, the, the professional Toastmasters organization that you are a member of uh, and you, you've qualified through has no connection with Toastmasters clubs. That's a different thing altogether. That's correct. Uh, they're another very good organisation, but absolutely no connection with what you do. No. Uh, first, it was, well, there's a, there's a very vague connection in that the original Toastmasters uh, were, were set up. This is the, it's more a hobby. And it was set up by a gentleman who was organising or was taking part in his daughter's wedding. And he didn't know how or what he was going to say. So Toastmasters is more like a debating or uh where people orate and, and make speeches and learn how to deliver speeches and all that sort of thing. Whereas a professional Toastmaster is a man who's paid professionally to organize and to run events. And that's the slight difference in that uh, a Toastmaster who is in the organization of Toastmasters uh, International, they're there as a hobby, meet once a month to debate and talk on, on subjects. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So obviously, if anybody wants someone that does what you do, and for some reason you're not available, the Toastmasters Club is not the place to go. It's your oh, organization. Professional. Remember the word professional. professional. Uh, yeah. That means that we do it as a, a living, and I like to think that I'm pretty, I'm very professional in the way I do things. As all Toastmasters are, we're members of various guilds and such like. And we go, I, for instance, 15 or 16 years ago, went to the professional United Kingdom School of Professional Toastmasters, where you learn your craft all about etiquette, precedence, and relation to who is the most important person at a function, whether it be the queen who is the top of all things for, as far as functions are concerned, coming down through chairmen of uh, companies who are maybe running a function for his clients. And then as I say, when we come to the wedding, the most important person is the bride in all things. And as I often tell the father of the bride, he normally comes very far down the list of important people. As long as he's got a checkbook, he's treated probably importantly, but <laughs> other than that, the bride, mother of the bride, mother of the bridegroom are the three people who take precedence on that occasion. Yes, if you can keep those three happy, you've won, I think. Because if you don't keep them happy, nobody's happy. Not yeah. right, bad. I would agree with that. Well, tell me, Derek, when, when would you advise a couple 
to get in touch with you you know at what stage of their planning should they get in touch with you i mean i know that you now have a host of of memories and a host of experience that i'm sure you could share to any bride that does get in touch with you or any groom um so is it a good idea for them to get in touch with you really early on in the process or what what's your advice my advice is come as early as possible as soon as you make a date decide on a date or even if you're only considering it certainly speak to uh, me. Uh, number one, uh, thankfully, I have to say, I'm very busy. And again, as you would know, in the wedding trade weekends are particularly busy, Saturdays, Fridays now, and even Sundays now are becoming uh, quite popular, but certainly the weekends. So if you want to be sure of your date, the best thing is to get in real early. Once you speak to me, then we'll go through all the, the basics, and I can certainly advise them on any aspect and point them to the professionals such as yourself or any other service that they may require. Tell them basically what's happening, level to happen on the day. And then a lot of them have questions about what do you do about this? And what about dressing a room? And what about entertainment in between the times of the meetings and all that sort of thing? So it's a signposting situation then I certainly say when you want to go and see your florist, you want to speak to make sure you've got cars, cakes, photographer, and all the important things that make the day. And then if they want other things, like considering entertainment, and that, again, I can advise on it and point them in the direction of correct professionals that they should do that. So early, get in early. That's the main thing. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. I've had situations where uh, couples have come to me wanting me to, provide some sort of entertainment and when I sat down with them and tried to find out when we're going to have this entertainment and we worked it out uh, they didn't have time for it <laughs> you know, they hadn't right. actually sat down and planned yeah. enough especially there's there's a particular venue um, over in Hollywood direction and they have a curfew which is earlier than most other venues and sometimes the couples don't it's not that they're not aware of it they haven't taken it on board and yeah. when you start working back from when they're going to have to finish. And you look at the space between the end of their meal and that, there's no room for anything else other than the band. <laughs> you know? So I have to tell them, no, look, you're, you don't need me at all. You know? um, but I can certainly see how somebody with a lot of experience like yourself can be a real boon from the word go to getting things to smoothly laid out. Well, we always like to think that uh, the bride being uh, new to this, never having organized before, they see other things at other weddings, but the sort of the minutiae of getting it down to what actually happens on my day, what time should, if we start at two o'clock, what time will I be beating? How long does a photographer need? So we can sort of lay out the day, tell them what's required, what's left, what they can expect on the day. And then you can take it from there before they speak to the other professionals. But as in all cases with weddings, any professional you want to be at your wedding, book early. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's definitely particularly, a fact. Particularly in, in the situation we find ourselves in during lockdown, where people are changing dates and now they're finding it very difficult to get the person that they wanted because they're probably already booked for next year. Yes. And I'm finding that now quite a bit this year. Well, I would, I would concur with that because people who are looking to, there's been a lot of events have been moved from 2020 and 2021, and they've been moved further back. Not and sure. of course, the people who were planning on getting married in 2023 anyway, before, you know, 
they're still wanting to get married then, but all these other people have landed in 2023 from the lockdown. So 2023 is going to be really crazy. And well, I thought I thought 22 or 21 would be busy, but unfortunately, now as it turned out, it was. But I'm busy again changing my diary for next year, and as exactly. you say, into 2023 now as well. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Derek, you mentioned something there I just picked up on. Do you cover the whole of Ireland? I cover any part of the world that you wish me. <laughs> uh, two years ago, I had the privilege of being taken to Rome. Oh. by a, a couple from uh, Northern Ireland. Brilliant. And uh, flew me out. It was great. Fantastic. And I've been I've done a few in England. So anywhere you need a Toastmaster, I'm available to go there. That's brilliant. That's really good. Again, like yourself, I would say to people, you know, um, rather than, than uh, go to that expense, I would say to them, you know, is it really... Uh, worth that expense to have me there and if they want me that's fine I'm happy to go but I'm also happy and, and honest enough to say to them, look I would love to be there it would be great but in order for me to travel there probably an overnight stay etc it's going to be very expensive so could I maybe recommend that you get the Toastmaster that is in those places so we, we discuss it that's why if the book early talk early uh, we're not in the business of, of uh, rubbing them off or sort of giving them a bad value for money. Of course not. So advice, that sort of thing, just as you say about not requiring you, uh, we're there to give a professional service and do the best for the bride and bridegroom. Yeah, well, that, that, that's that's very fair. Um, I, as mentioned earlier, I'll come back to it now. Uh, I have witnessed, I've been, I can think of one particular instance when I was, I had the casino tables in at a wedding and you were looking after the whole thing. And you came to me and you asked me, Donald, could you keep the tables running for another 15 or 20 minutes? And what had happened was there had been a minor disaster. I'm not quite sure what how it came across, but the, the, somebody or somehow a glass of red wine was spilled on the bride's dress. And there was a mad panic while she was busy getting reorganized with a clean dress or a new dress or something. But obviously there was a time aspect to this. And I mean, that really impressed me that day because you were running about, well, you weren't running about, you were, you were gliding about, I would say, you know, <laughs> but you were dealing with a whole lot of different people, getting them all lined up so that everybody could help out. You were liaising with me so that I could keep things going at my end and keep everybody amused. Uh, you were liaising with somebody who had gone away off to go and get the dress. They had to go off somewhere and you were de- dealing with all this. And the, the, most of the guests who were there were completely unaware of what was going on. You know, was that a one-off or does that sort of thing happen more than we would know? It happens quite often. Really? But the thing is, just as I said to you beforehand, I like to think I'm the duck's feet. <laughs> While all around me is calm, I'm panicking. <laughs> and you have to deal with these situations. The first thing to remember is, and always, there's never anything such as a crisis or a wedding just happy memories. And that's the way it should be for the bride. And that's what I tell them when they engage me and my services for their day, is that I'm there to do everything. If something happens, something occurs, I always take an overview from the moment everybody comes in until I leave. So I see things that other people may not see. I like to think that I'm tuned in as to what's happening. Somebody in the corner might need to be looked after. The bride may have 
forgotten something or there's something that hasn't taken place that you'd have done. And I deal with that now. If a crisis arises or somebody sees a crisis on the horizon, such as the one you're talking about, then it's up to me to sort of take charge and say, don't worry, we'll get this sorted out. Just you relax as much as you can. A bride wouldn't relax in no trouble. But I've had instances, all sorts of things, people taking seriously ill at a wedding. Wow. Uh, a bride who, as she arrived at the venue, the zip in the rear of her dress just left the material from one end to the other. And that had to be dealt with. Now, it took us an hour to deal with that one, but uh, it got sorted at the end of So I carry a box of tricks with me in which I have everything, sewing kits, scissors, uh, a wee dram for somebody who may need that, or uh, if there's Scottish people there, we'll always like to give them a, a, a for doing, a, there's a thing called the ceremony of the quake, which is a traditional Scottish thing that's done at Scottish weddings, but I always like to have Irish whiskey bush mills just to tell the Scots that we're better than them. <laughs> but anything that, that happens, regardless of what it is, I'm there to deal with it. That's what I've been paid for. I've been paid to do the worrying. That's why you may notice I'm very grey. <laughs> black as your boot whenever I joined us at the start. I'm grey with all the worry. Oh. I get the bride permission to shout at me if she wants something done. Hi, boy, get over here and get this sorted. That's my mantra. Sort it out. I must admit, I have seen how brides are so relaxed when you're about the place. You know, it's just like they have a, a, an extra shoulder to lean on, and it just makes their day quite a bit. You know, well, that's the whole thing. I always tell them if you see something, hey, boy, get over here. And I'm there <laughs> like a shot, sorting it out. And nobody should have to do anything on the day. And we get back to our good friend, the mother of the bride, who is very keen that the day should go as best it should. And they sometimes are maybe more uh, keyed up than the bride. Oh, yes. So I always say to them, look, if you need anything done, see me. But she's always worrying the mother of the bride, saying, oh, we'll have to get this done, we'll have to get that like, Don't worry, we'll do it. And that, that means that all the people at the wedding, the bride and bridegroom foremost, the parents and families, and all the guests have a great day, relaxed, good crack, and just get on and feel as if it's been their day as much as everybody else's. Uh, that's definitely the way I've witnessed it anyway. And Derek, I've seen you've been asked to do all sorts of things from, as you rightly described earlier on, but been asked to direct people to the various facilities and so on. I've seen you more often than not been handed a, tel a phone and asked, would you take a picture please? And this sort of thing. And I've also seen you've been asked, could we take a picture with you, like a selfie, <laughs> please Derek? You know, people are impressed with this man in the red jacket. Well, I'm vain enough to think that it's my photograph they want, but I think it's just a fact. I always tell everybody it looks good from the neck down. Uh, I, I appear in lots of photographs, and some maybe that I wouldn't be that happy being in. Uh, like Christmas wedding with a reindeer turned up. And uh, they were a bit disappointing at the start because I always thought reindeers were big things. Tall is like a horse, but they're quite small. Right. Unfortunately, they have horns. And uh, it wasn't just uh, on that occasion, I was a very nervous man. And it's true what they say, never work with animals or children. Uh, horses are another thing that I'm never really happy with because uh, they frighten me for a start. Right. Sometimes I think you can never predict what they're going to do. But I have to say that in all the carriages that I've greeted at weddings, the horses have behaved impeccably. 
except maybe not having attended the facility before they arrived. <laughs> leaving a deposit on the drive near my shoes, which is never a good thing. No, definitely not. Definitely. So you're to do everything, but you take it as it comes. Uh, normally at any wedding uh, where I know there's foreign visitors arriving, I always learn uh, the phrase, welcome to the wedding breakfast in their particular language, and then try at some stage during the day to welcome them publicly to the wedding during the proceedings. And that takes me to a case where we're doing a Chinese function uh, in Belfast City Hall, where Madame Zhang, the Chinese consul, was bringing a delegation of the Chinese People's Republic of China business delegation to the city. And I had been engaged at short notice the day before and sent a list of the people who I had had to introduce. And that was not a very happy prospect. But we managed it. The people who were from Northern Ireland thought I was good at Chinese. The people who were from China knew that it was rubbish at Chinese, but we still managed to get them introduced. So half of its bluff as well. Oh, well, that was worthwhile. Terrible short notice to give you that, 24 hours to do that. <laughs> well, it's, uh, lucky enough, the first person I spoke to was the consul on her way in, Madame Zhang, and she was very helpful. Yes. And uh, she and I collaborated. When I announced somebody's name, she motioned them to the podium, uh, which meant that everybody thought I was doing great pronunciation. Was a tiny... <laughs> Chinese people just moved when they were indicated to do so by the consul. So it was a sort of but a double action. Make it look good and look as if you know what you're doing. That's the main thing. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> well, Derek, um, one of the things I'm very conscious of, and I'm sure you are as well, weddings have really got so expensive this last 10 or 15 years. I mean, it costs an absolute fortune. Bands, I know bands are anything from 1500 to 3000 pounds and more for the band uh, a 3000 pound wedding dress is not classed as expensive these days and you'll easily pay 10000 pounds for the room hire and the meal uh, if you have any number of guests uh, i know my services i start at 500 and go upwards um, what can a couple expect to pay for the peace of mind and pleasant and firm control that you give and plus that added touch of class that you provide in their wedding day what, what would you be charging them for that? Around £250 is the fee that I charge for any day. And the only uh, thing, and that's regardless of where it is in Northern Ireland, that's inclusive. No fees for travel or anything else. That's so good. it's a set fee. And that is from the moment the bride and I speak at the very outset, right through. And I always uh, encourage them not to pay me until they are satisfied on the day that they're happy with my service. So it's a set fee and we do it. And that's regardless of on a few occasions uh, now with people getting married quite often now in venues. I can be there from 11 o'clock in the morning or if it's them arriving from a church, it's the same. So we're there to what I like to think is provide value for money and be on the ball. You definitely provide value for money. I mean, the peace of mind alone is worth that. <laughs> you know, definitely. Well, that's very kind of you to say that. And it's my greatest accolade whenever I leave that people say it was the best money ever they spent or that they were relaxed and were able to leave everything and have a good day. 
And if they say that to me, I'm very happy. Well, I would certainly say to any couple that are in the process, and I know a few of them at the moment are in the process of planning their wedding, and I, you can see them slowly but surely ratcheting up further and further as they get closer to the day, trying to get things together. I would really advise them to engage your services at the early stage, and I figure you can help from that. From, it's not just on the day. You're probably helping them months in advance or even years in advance to have a much calmer way of dealing with things. Well, that's a, a good point there, actually, because one of the things that I do a lot of is write and say speeches. So when they engage my services, I always advise the four principal speakers as to what they have to say or might be expected to say. So you have the father of the bride, father of the bridegroom, although they have really no particular part to play in a wedding breakfast, then with the bridegroom and the best man. And I will write speeches for them if required. And now in this day and age when the bride sometimes wishes to speak, will also sort that out as well. That's, I didn't realise you did that, Derek. That's you do everything. Speeches. <laughs> and we can say speeches. For some people, not everyone can make a speech at the wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they've never spoken to a crowd more than one ever in their life before. And here they've been just been forced upon them to speak at your daughter's wedding or a best man or whatever. So they've never done it before. Number one is to give them encouragement, give them something to say, some idea what they have to say, and if they can't put it all together themselves, write the speech, and then on the day, if required, say the speech in their name and just say, ladies, gentlemen, this is the words of the father of the bride. And then we speak as if it's him or her who's speaking. And that's part of the service. And the one service and I, Always during the advice, written advice that I give them is keep it short and to the point. Oh, yes. Absolutely. The worst, uh, the worst fear that I live with is somebody saying to me, my daddy's a great speaker. <laughs> and then we know we might be there for a while. <laughs> yes. I think my current record uh, when I was young and didn't know any better was about 45 minutes for a speech, which is too long. Oh, Now, with gentle advice and encouragement, least said the better. I think one of the best changes of tradition that I've witnessed over the last lot of years, Derek, is the move from after the meal to before the meal for the speeches. Because people are much more aware that people here are hungry and the, the chef wants to get the food out. And even if they're thinking we've paid a lot of money for this food, it should be, we want the best quality. Right. It encourages people to keep the speeches shorter. Yeah. Most certainly, and it also aids digestion for those people who are speaking. Indeed. And they actually get to maybe enjoy their meal. That's correct. And yeah. the weddings, the important thing in a wedding is that a bride is marrying the man that she loves. Mm -hmm. Whenever you involve guests, you have to make sure your venue's right, the decor is right, the meal is right, the music is right, mm -hmm. or the entertainment. Yeah. Because those things people uh, observe, and again, that's something I would speak to them about. There's no point in going overboard. Uh, and if you have what is uh, pleasing to the bride is the best thing. Please yourself and not everybody else. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's one of the things I have witnessed over the years. Uh, sometimes that gets lost with, uh, mm. in many cases, the mother of the bride tries to impose her desires on what the bride wants. And that can be very difficult. Well, I think uh, that's the other thing that I probably have diplomacy. 
You have to be very diplomatic. And the mother of her bride is a very proud person, yeah. and she wants the best for her daughter. And sometimes somebody doesn't know, uh, and I have to differentiate as to who is actually the boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, the mother of the bride is always my boss. The bride is always my boss, and the mother of the bridegroom is always my boss. Uh, but the only thing is that uh, when I'm at a wedding, I'm allowed to be the boss myself at home. I'm not allowed to be. So I get some sort of pleasure out of that. <laughs> well said. Derek, tell me, how do people get you? Where do they find you? How do they get in touch to book your services? The best way to get me, actually, is through Facebook. Uh, just look me up because website I can give you, it's www.postmasterservicesnorthernireland.co.uk. So that's a bit of a mouthful. But if you Google me, I'm there. I'm the good fella, a good looking fella in the red coat. There are a few of us. But certainly the best job is just look me up, Google it, or Facebook me. And I always remember, for the younger people, I'm not remembering now, but uh, a lot of people call me J.R.U.E. As in girls. But young people now don't know that. But the name is Ewing, just look me up. And are you under Derek J. Ewing in Facebook, or what way is it? Derek, well, is it's Derek, Derek Ewing or Derek J. Ewing, it doesn't matter. Uh, I have a website, as I say, I've told you there, uh, it will eventually come up. Right, and the Northern uh, Ireland, is that NI or Northern NI, Ireland? NI. Postmaster.co.uk. Postmaster, sorry, what was it again? Say it again. Postmasterservicesni.co.uk. Right, that's good to know. That's brilliant. But uh, if you Google it, it'll, it'll throw it up with that there and I'll show you along the line. Okay, that's brilliant. Well, listen, before we sign off, have you any words of wisdom you would like to give us that we haven't covered so far with regards to couples who are getting married? No, I think the most important thing is that the person who is number one at a wedding is the bride. And the bridegroom, of course, we'll have to remember. <laughs> a lot of people call him the groom. It's actually the bridegroom. Yes. And he is very important, but the bride is the person who takes to do with the wedding. A lot of bridegrooms turn up at a wedding and think it's just happened. And all they had to do was go and fit a suit. And then they arrived and this thing was all waiting for so the bride and I, my advice to any bride is that please yourself, take every step to make sure it's as easy on the day as possible. Because the most uh, important thing for a bride, in my opinion, is that she should enjoy her day as well without having to go and organize this. Make sure that's done. Make sure this has happened. Make sure that the food's going to be on time. And she's worrying about all those things. So. What I would say is to do as much as you can in advance to make sure that your day is the day that you want with the least pressure that you have to involve. That sounds excellent, Derek. Absolutely excellent. Derek, I said before you were the one person I wanted to focus on getting onto the the Wedding Jigsaw podcast. You have more than delivered, as I expected, to be honest, to be fair. Uh, It has been a complete pleasure and I look forward to doing this with you again in a year or two down the line. It has been my ultimate pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. The pleasure has been on, man. And thank you very much. And to all the brides out there at this particular time, stay safe, stay well, and stay positive. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Donald O'Neill here with the Wedding Jigsaw podcast. Thank you for listening. And please keep your eye open on social media for the next episode. From me, I'm Derek. Goodbye.
This podcast has been brought to you by Mulsan Casinos and Don de Gavea, Master Hypnotist. To book either, ring 02890 825 235.